L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You could leave it to Hove to capture an entire sentiment in less than 10 words. In a 444 record, he say, OJ like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay. Let's talk about the cops' testimony to Congress about the January 6th insurrection. Hood politics, y'all. Hey, it's so hood right now. Hood politics, y'all. Hood politics. Woo! Him just being like, okay. Every person of color understood that completely. He talking about O.J. Simpson in the O.J. Simpson trial. Like this stock trial captured the imagination of America everywhere. This was the first like televised high speed chase. It was 24 hour coverage of the O.J. Simpson trial um, because O.J. was such a darling. He was a if you, I don't know how young you are. If you don't know this, I mean, it's like, let me just back up. Like OJ Simpson, USC, Raider, football player, running back, Heisman Trophy winner, just a in every commercial, every movie, every everything, just a huge star. Love him some white girls though. Like he was totally into the white girls. And this, look, worst kept secret, as the young revolutionary Huey from Boondock said, yes, the government has conspired to put many innocent black men in prison. But R. Kelly is not one of them. The episode was about R. Kelly, but I'm saying, another line he said in that was, every nigga in jail ain't Nelson Mandela. So, uh, not sure OJ is one of them. I, I, I think he really did kill that woman. Uh, so he killed his lady, Nicole Brown Simpson. And that wasn't proven. But it, I just, I think you did it, dog. But anyway, that's besides the point. The attitude he had, this is a quote. He was like, 
well, I'm not black. I'm OJ Simpson. I'm OJ. And everybody around him, and, it went, and all of us heard that and went, nigga, you think you different? I remember my Black Panther pops was like, nah, he ain't really one of us. You really think you, you really think you different? Are you serious? You ain't black, you OJ. Okay. Let's get, look. Hope say, light nigga, dark nigga, fuck nigga, real nigga. Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, field nigga. Still nigga. Light nigga, dark nigga, fuck nigga, real nigga. Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, field nigga. You still a nigga. I don't know what made you think in the planet that we live on, in the nation we in, that somehow or another, the money you done made, the fame you done gathered, now, the badge you wearing, the uniform you in, really when it come down to it, they don't see you nothing more than a well-dressed nigga. Even, listen, do you know what a house nigga is? Now, before I finish this, I'm not calling cops house niggas. Okay, that's terrible. I would never say that to another black man unless he needed it. House nigga usually were more fair-skinned. This is from the slavery times. They were usually more fair-skinned, right? And they were the help that was inside the house. So these were like your maids, your butlers. They were much more, in the eyes of the Europeans, a little more attractive, a little more fair-skinned. They were treated better because they were like, these were prized possessions. You know, these ain't your paper plates. You know what I'm saying? These, this is your fine China niggas. The field niggas, those were the ones outside. We were dark, we were working in the sun. I say we because with my complexion, I'd be a field nigga, you know? I say that with no tongue in cheek. I say that factually. I'm not fair skinned enough. My hair too nappy, I wouldn't be in the house. But if you're not careful because mass and them treating you nicer, because your clothes a little better than us, because your bed a little more comfortable, because your, 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 your plate a little more full than ours, it may lead you to believe, especially some of the mammies, like I'm saying mammies, I'm, I'm saying this on purpose because you take care of their children and their children love you. And maybe your daughter and their daughter maybe play together because they the same age. But you can't ever lose sight from the fact that you property. You ain't gonna ever be family. You're, you're nice furniture. And a good number of our strong ancestors remembered that. And they kept their wits about them. Was like, okay, I'm doing this job, but I, I'm never forgetting the place that I really hold with y'all. This ain't really family. Rich nigga, poor nigga. House nigga, field nigga. You still a nigga. And I'm positive it's officers out there who kept their wits about themselves too. They understand how crooked this system is. Hell, my own daddy, after he kind of grew up from his, his 20s revolutionary age, he decided to become a probation officer. He worked with underage offenders, worked with juveniles. And he said in the whole 30 years he was there, he never recommended jail time. His caseload was ginormous because he just wanted to keep these young black and brown kids under his care to try to protect them from the system. And of course, he left that thing, you know, with some successes and some failures. But he remembered, he told me plenty of times that officers were hella racist to him. And he had to come out there and be like, nigga, I'm from the streets. I'll knock you the fuck out. Like, you don't talk to me that way. And you're not finna treat this kid unfair, you know. But he left going like, yo, the whole thing. I mean, I was only one person in a broken cop. But he remembered, I'm still a black man in America. 
LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, so for today, I want to get into the specifics of this January 6th Insurrection Commission. Four more officers have died by suicide. These brothers is traumatized. Brothers and sisters is is messed up now. Um, We're going to talk about what that does to a person in a hood lens. And I want to ask a bigger question about being black or brown and working in the system. And I say this as someone that does in the sense that this iHeartRadio is corporate as hell. You think I don't know that? You know what I'm saying? As someone who's had my own soirees with the law and at the same time, am a product of 
interventions. It's complicated, y'all. That's what comes with being a brown person out here. Are we always in a situation where we just have to swim in toxic waters? You know, like we talked about with uh, capitalism. It's like we in the ocean, you might as well swim. What the hell I'm going to do? Like America's capitalist. I'm, there's ads on these shows. Nigga, I sell albums. I sell, well, you stream albums, but I sell books and, and t-shirts. I, I coffee. Like I sell things because we live in a capitalist, even though I know capitalism in the way we do it is exploitive. I don't. So what's the, what's the basis? Do you try to get in there and do it as ethically as possible? Do you become a complete separatist and be like the whole things? It'll never work out. You know, I follow a political party called the black party. That's like, listen, you know, if this is our system, we need to be at the table and maybe rearrange the table, right? And then others, you know, which was where my father started, which is not where he ended, but is where he started was like, we just need to burn the whole table down and start over. Again, it's, I don't know the answer. Let's talk about it though. There's a bigger question to be asked. And I think that this moment really brings it out. So doesn't need to be re-adjudicated. January 6th insurrection. We didn't cover this a bunch of times. You've seen it in all the news. I don't care what anybody says because it's so damn obvious. You clearly not being truthful. Trump incited it. He told him, well, he told him to go peacefully. Nigga, what? Yeah, like, you being delusional. You just trying to protect your boy, which I get. It's gang gang. But it is so obvious it was a green light. Everybody heard it. That's why they went and did it. They wouldn't go go down there if he ain't say to. Everybody that spoke before him talking real reckless, like we all knew they all follow suit. It was obvious. And all these Capitol officers were saying, no, ain't no delusions. This wasn't no secret Antifa. This wasn't no BLM like y'all trying to say, which is so crazy. Like, listen, when you shoot, when you shoot, when you let that thing sing, there's a hood rules. You let that thing sing, you don't, no, you, you don't blame it on nobody else, nigga. That was me. I did this. The hood needs to know. That's, that's like, that's the gang stuff. Like, no, yes. Now, of course, you don't tell the police. Like, you don't tell everybody else. But like among, among those that signed up, nigga, you know who did this. You supposed to know, like, what you, what you doing shooting? Not like, that's ridiculous. So they was up there saying, either, then the, the officers were saying, yeah, Trump sent us. This is our house. They made actors, nigga. They knew what they was doing. They was riding for their boss. They was riding for their hood. And remember the calculation I was talking about later when it becomes the Republican Party, you either ride for the boss or ride for the set. They chose both because it seems as though they still believe uh, Trump got a death grip on the set. Apparently, uh, uh, apparently he's still in control. Because he got the whole neighborhood. If, if 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 the if the if the set if the set specifically are the Republicans and in the neighborhood are the people that live there. Remember, the set's supposed to represent the neighborhood. We supposed to be protecting y'all from everything else. All the other enemies coming in here. Like we we you sent us out. We we your foot soldiers. We out here fighting for you. And if you believe if this is stuff you believe, then I'm gonna come in here and ride for you. And big homie can still get the whole hood active. That nigga got the whole hood to pull up on your place of work off a suggestion. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you better get in there and 
You better follow that nigga lead. Start talking some unbelievably outlandish, reckless, clearly not true bullshit just to make sure you can stay safe and keep your job. Now it's not them. It was Pelosi. That's what they said, which is like, it's so dumb. Like, like, do you hear yourself? You hear yourself? You know that's not what happened. Okay, so that don't need to be re-adjudicated. We know what the hell happened. And we know Trump could have stopped it. His boss moves. We love you. You're nice guys. We gonna guy said go peaceably. Nigga, you knew what the hell you was saying. Like, come on. Come on, fam. You ain't fooling nobody. Well, maybe he fooling something. Nah, I don't even think. I don't even think he fooling nobody. I think everybody that's saying the opposite know exactly what happened. Like, y'all know. We just out here riding. It's gang gang. I ain't finna like, nah, you don't, you don't snitch on the set. Especially when the heat come. Why you think they tried to stop this investigation that's happening right now? It's because, nigga, we know what is, because we know what happened. Like, <laughs> this ain't like, this ain't clandestine. This mug is easy. You know what the hell happened? We all know what happened. It's obvious. God dog, man. And some of them fools is so locked in that they like, no, nah, it's bigger than Trump, homie. This 1776 all over again. You just, you was just the spark, my nigga. We riding. And either you riding or you not riding. I don't care. I don't care if you was born here. I don't care if you raised here. You with the set or not. You know how I know? Because they had some gallows for Mike Pence. Because they was like, Mike ain't putting in work. That nigga Mike, look, I, Mike got a reality check, homeboy. And what I think is why he's still not really opening his mouth and being like, I can't believe y'all tried to kill me is because I think he may have some sparkles in his eyes about running for president at some point. He trying to think about a future lick. I just don't get it, though. Remember I told you in the uh, in the fear of the clapback that sometime pretending is important. We supposed to pretend like we don't know. And it's for our own safety. There go right there. You just go and pretend like you don't know. So anyway, Liz Cheney, the lone Republican that was willing to be on this thing, that was like, fuck your boss, nigga. This is ridiculous. They tried to kill us. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. She making her calculations. Now, I'm not at the table, so I don't understand the fullness of her calculations. But... They touting her as a hero for just stating the obvious. But that's how the hood worked, though. Like it, it they're like the, the, the Democrats are like, that's not brave. That's what happened. It's like, well, it kind of is, though. Like it, it really is. She she got a lot. She putting herself in danger in this situation. I get it. And I also get that, like somebody break into your house, sell your TV, sell your PlayStation. And you know exactly who it is. At some point, you like, nigga, you don't love me. Y'all ain't here for me. No, nigga, you did it. I want my, give my damn PlayStation back. Like, I don't give, no. It takes a lot of bravery to do that. I ain't signed up for this shit. <laughs> Listen, for somebody like myself that was more affiliated and not banging, and especially when we moved to these Latino communities back when I was out at, when I was in La Puente, when I was in Valinda, I'm standing there by myself. And I'm like, no, that's y'all rules. If we fighting, we fighting. But like, you're not finna like, nah, homie, I don't play these games. Now I know the rules in the sense that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sing to the cops, man. Like, cause F them, they a gang too. I don't care. You just another set. I'm not worried about y'all. I'm talking about among us. You want me to pretend like 
playing these rules now, like these young niggas is wild. Like now you'd be like, they got a whole list of words you can't say no more. Like I can't say onions. I can't say onion rings. Cause that's some sort of like gag. I mean, I'm not signing up for this. Like I get it for y'all. I get it. And if I was in y'all's life, I would be like, yeah, that's disrespectful. Now I'm not going to say it to you. Cause I'm like, that's your world. If I go into your world, I don't get to just act how I want. That's not fair. That's your world. If I'm trying to get into your world, then yes, I need to respect your rules. Your house, your rules. But I'm in my own house. I'm going to order onion rings. I was like, okay. And I mean, I, like I said, there's a safety in playing the game, but there's also a bravery in being like, I'm not going to play this with y'all. And I, that's what Liz Cheney is doing. Now, I don't know. I don't know what her calculation is again, because I'm not at the table, but I do know she making a calculation and you a legacy person like a Cheney. You, you, yeah, you probably, uh, you probably going to be all right. Now, let's get to the specifics. What you heard in the testimony of these officers, I'm going to speak specifically about Harry Dunn in his testimony and then an overall kind of feeling about the whole thing. This overall feeling, of course, PTSD, this like war, we thought we was going to die and that we did this for y'all and y'all abandoned us. We rode for you and you not riding for us. We thought we was cool. Not only from the Republican lawmaker, but to the people that stormed the room. You guys are the patriots, right? You were the thin blue line people. You were the support our cops, support our troops people. Now you talking about beating them with their own guns? You talking about we're the traitors? And you're going to come in here and threaten our lives and overrun us. But I thought you were the ones that supported the officers. And then y'all who we protected your life. We protected your life. You out here telling me I ain't see what I know I saw. I'm out here riding for you. I'm your soldier. I'm with your soldiers. You ain't going to ride for us. Here's the lesson. Nope. Because you ain't got no power. My nigga. I don't. Here's the sucky lesson. They don't owe you shit. They only owe the people that voted for them to make it into that position. You ain't the hood. You ain't the set. You the help. Y'all niggas don't matter. Y'all mattered in the sense that it helped me get elected. But you niggas don't matter. This, um, I mean, it's the only logical conclusion you can come with. But we, we, we pulled triggers for you. And thanks. You not advantageous no more. And you nigga, you not, you ain't gang. They are set. They gonna keep me employed. You you just work here. It's a cold deal. I think that was one of the hardest lessons. You thought you was different. You thought that badge made you different. And maybe for a lot of people to do. And here's what this trial is saying. No, it don't. Now, Harry Dunn, he was talking about Get the nigger. Get the nigger. He was like, I've never been called a nigger while I've had my badge on. And I just thought to myself, you probably just never heard it because I'm positive you've been called nigger multiple times, just either under their breath or not in your presence. I'm positive it's been other black people that's judged you, other brown people that's judged you for taking that job. 
I mean, somebody probably did call you a house nigga for doing this. I mean, I don't know. I just think, man, rich nigga, poor nigga, fuck nigga, real nigga. I mean, badge nigga, gang nigga, like, still a nigga. One of the other officers that testified, he was saying that these people were trying to recruit the white officers to their side. The racial element of this is so obvious and it's laughable how anyone would try to shrug that away. Like was, these people was there. They were outside. They know exactly what happened. It was racial epitaphs going everywhere. And then one of the one of the most interesting statements one of these officers made was like, hey, listen, when I was in the field, when a hitman or when a hitman does a hit, the shooter and the guy that called the shot, y'all should both be on trial. Right now, the guy that called the shot sitting real lovely. Nobody want to talk to him about the problem. Matter of fact, he just raised $82 million. And I feel like this is another one of those we're all just pretending thing. Mitch, all that, like, you holding the line. And the hood in me respects it. That it's like, it's gang gang at all costs. The consistency don't matter. The facts of the story don't matter. The obvious don't matter. Nigga, this is what we said and this is my statement. The hood in me respects it. The black in me is like, okay, this man got to go. How do we get rid of these people? How? What do I need to do? Who do we need to put in power that got the same type of ganas? You feel me? That would just... That, that I could put some confianza in. You feel me? That's going to stand up there and look him in the face and be like, look, homie, for whatever energy you got, we got. Y'all take one, we take five. That got that type of energy. I don't know who that is. It ain't the Democrats. I don't know who they putting up that's going to have that type of like backbone to be like, nah, homie, this is what we talking about. But back to the subject. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? 
I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At the end of the day, this investigation is designed to get to the bottom of exactly what happened, how do we get here, and how do we stop it from happening again? That's that's what they're trying to get to, right? And I think getting to the bottom of this is going to find something that, again, is so obvious. We already know what the hell happened, and we already know how we can stop it. It's so easy. Easy in the sense of we know what it is. Now, it's not easy to actually solve this problem because you have disinformation, misinformation. There's too much money to be made in disinformation. There's, you know, if you tie it all to the the QAnon stuff or blame right wing media or blame the Internet, blame. I don't know. You can blame a million different things. It's too much. There's too many moving parts, which sucks. And anybody that understands and loves history understands that, like, it's not like it's not like we've uh, a civilization has never been here before, but it like it just doesn't end with one side winning. It usually ends with all of us losing. But that's not what I'm trying to say here. What I think the ultimate lesson we learn here and what this is really going to do is further enforce the idea that the public are the enemy if you're the officer it's that we are all we have we are all we got because look this political party didn't ride for us when it wasn't politically expedient for them these people we're supposed to quote unquote protect and serve turned on us and it's it was the side that was supposed to be defending us 
Y'all turned on us. So what it says is you've just turned them into G's. You turned them into gangsters. It turns them into, this is how someone gets turned to, you're like, you know what? Man, the hood all I got. This set, this block, this all I got. Ain't nobody praying for me. Ain't nobody coming for me. So I'm a ride on the ops and all y'all are officially ops. We keep trying to tell y'all in the inner city, the police is another gang. And I'm saying, you watching. This how it happens. Like, well, I mean, we all we got. We did a job to protect y'all and look what y'all did. You were supposed to be on our side. Oh, we just, oh, it's like that? Oh, we all just niggas then. Okay. Okay, bet. There's a gang inside of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Like, they're, they are a gang. I don't know what else to tell you. They even call themselves that. The militarization, the idea that you treat the public as like, this is a war zone and I'm using military tactics. Nigga, do you, I mean, if you, if you looking at it like this, you walk away, you got these people saying, you got the Republicans saying, nigga, y'all made this up and it wasn't the people. You got these people saying, y'all traitors. You got this thing. It's like, well, damn, nigga, all we got is other officers, I guess. No wonder they don't snitch on each other. No wonder they defend each other. No wonder even when somebody do something wrong, don't nobody stand up and be like, that dude's wrong because look, man, ain't nobody praying for us. I feel like that's what I just watched happen. They had that light bulb that like, oh, okay. You ain't got us. We still niggas, huh? Rich nigga, poor nigga. Okay, this badge ain't make no difference. All right, bet. I think that's a dangerous place to go. I think that's a dangerous precedence. I also just think, I mean, in a lot of ways, this is the same process. A lot of my own boys, you just get this feeling that like, oh, okay, y'all are the only, this the only people got my back. Everybody else is ops. I, I seen that firsthand. So what's the solution? You got Sister Cori Bush sitting outside, sleeping outside of the um, Capitol building, trying to get this um, legislator body to finally understand that y'all are trying to suppress voters. I don't know what it's going to take, but then she hires private security to protect herself while she's out there. I love that action. But she's also the one saying that we need to defund the police. And a lot of like ops would be like, well, you can't have both. You're going to pay this personal thing to protect you, but you also want to defund the police. It's like, nah, homie, you don't understand what we mean by defund. What she's trying to say is, I shouldn't have to hire private security. I don't trust the police. The police see me as an op. They their own gang. So I don't trust, I've had to do this. So what she's trying to say is, this can't be the way forward. That makes sense to me.
I mean, is that our option? Do we just continue to like try to put it in everybody's face? Do you parachute out, try to build your own nation where the black nationalists correct? Do you, do you keep coming to the table? You keep finding this? I think in a lot of ways, we can take a page from that right-wing conservatism move that go back all the way to Phyllis Schlafly in the, in the 60s and 70s, who was just like, it just takes a long time. You just got to flood the board. There's enough of us in these positions who are willing to continue to push forward the things that they know are not necessarily expedient, but will really help the constituents for which they've been put in power to serve, then overall, over time, you see incremental change. Where we got now ain't happened overnight. It took a long time. Maybe it's just that patience. I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer to moving forward, but I do know, again, if I'm in the ocean, I'm going to swim. This is the system you gave me. So I'm going to continue to check the boxes where I can. I'm going to continue to call my congressmen, call my people. You know what I'm saying? Continue to like get behind people running that I think are like serving our communities better. I'm going to push for laws. I'm going to advocate. I'm going to make calls. I'm going to do what I can from my position. I'm going to keep making pods like this from my position. But I think if there's one thing this trial shows us, it's that if in whatever position you get in, you need to remember who you're dealing with. You need to remember how this thing see you. Because if not, oh man, that fantasy gets, that fantasy bubble, it gets popped in some of the most grossest, in ugly ways. Man, I tell you what, man, when I got when I got pressed, when I got hood checked by dudes I grew up with, people we was in daycare together, niggas we went to youth camp. We was in youth camp. I remember I almost got jumped in the bathroom at youth camp. Like we was all at church. And what I'm saying is like, oh no. When no, when we when we done taken our sides, you either in or out. Y'all, this mug was recorded and edited by me, Propaganda, right here in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. Y'all can follow me at Prop Hip Hop on all the socials. You can follow the hood politics pod itself at hood politics pod where we be trying to make takes on stuff that aren't really big enough for a whole episode but definitely needs a little bit of clarity this mug was scored edited mixed and mastered by the one and only headlights y'all go follow my dog matt oswowski i still don't know how to say his name i'm glad he changed it to headlights follow him on his socials at headlights underscore music telling you hear all these new other fly tracks this fool be making and the theme music was done by the one and only gold tips gold tips dj sean p and y'all remember every time you check in if you understand the hood you could understand politics shouts to iHeartMedia media for making this happen
Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.